if we spend all of our time recognizing how perfect and how beautiful and how holy and how unique Jesus is in all of creation. There's never been anyone like him. There will never be anyone like him. If he has that place of honor in our hearts, that place of respect, actually the way this word is translated is um, sanctify Christ. Consecrate him in your hearts. Like set him up in us so that he is so special that whenever anybody says anything, you respond out of that honor that you have for Jesus. That will be the right answer. It's actually always the same answer. As for me, Jesus is this unchangeable, perfect, loving, wise mentor, brother, savior, Christ. That's always the right answer. It's always the right answer. And so it's not learning what all the answers might be to every question. It's learning the one answer to every question and having it so much inside of us that we just want to talk about that and what that means to us and the ways we've seen him work in our lives because it's been good and because he's good. And when that happens, then you're prepared. When you're relying on the stuff, if I'm trying to rely on something I heard from a seminary professor, but it never really becomes mine, I'm just quoting some talking head, you know? We don't believe half the stuff we read, we don't believe half the stuff we see because you just feel everybody's got their own opinions, right? So why would someone believe if you just quote someone that you heard? My pastor said this, C.S. Lewis said this, maybe yes, maybe no, but when you speak from what's in your heart, Jesus is Lord. That's something authentic that someone then can carry on a conversation with. Regardless of what they have in their heart as Lord or as their master, you know what you're talking about. So there's the preparation. So that's, that's something to focus on for us. We are prepared by honoring Christ as holy in our hearts. That is our defense. That is our answer. Um, and it says... Defend everyone for the reason for the hope that has in you that you have in you. So that means you have to have some hope. So if you're a discouraged, depressed, downtrodden person, no one's ever going to ask you why you're so hopeful because you don't look it. But if you have some hope, then they might be curious as to where it comes from. So we have to be hopeful. So always be prepared by always being hopeful. Your car breaks down. Be hopeful about how God will provide instead of discouraged about how you might or might not be able to pay for it. When your foot breaks, be hopeful about how it's going to heal rather than how inconvenient it is to hobble around for a couple of weeks when many people have situations that they're incapacitated for a lifetime in much worse ways. You know, right? We can have hope despite circumstances in the middle of it, and it will be that hope that will look unusual and that will prompt the question. And the only answer is, well, Jesus is everything to me, and... I can have hope despite circumstances. So this all fits together. You see the logic. This is Peter. He's kind of laying out a pattern for us. I want us to understand this pattern before we watch this video. So we give an answer, a defense, explaining the hope. And we do it with two qualities, always. Gentleness and respect. This is not how most people debate. They do it with neither gentleness nor respect. 
This is not how people even like discuss things. They usually don't do it with gentleness. It's with like abruptness and decisiveness. Well, I know this is true. And you throw out a statement so strong that like the other person has no room to be present in that conversation. Or when there's a dialogue going on, your response to their thoughts are dismissive. Yeah, but, well, you think that? Well, that's not respecting them or the fact that they may know something or have a perspective that you do not. It is not hopeful to be dismissive and arrogant. It is not honoring Christ to be dismissive and arrogant and argumentative. And yet we want to like answer. <laughs> we want to answer, right? The word answer there in the Greek is logos. It's the word. Let's just give them a word. You don't even need a definition. You don't even need a paragraph. You don't even need a sermon. You need a word. Do you think you could have one word for someone to explain hope? I think you could come up with one word on the spot. Someone talks to you for 15 minutes. They're long-winded. They got a whole thing. What would be the one word that you could say back that would just represent why you have hope in this situation? When someone's talking about climate change and now it's 95 degrees every day, so it's global warming and like the whole world's going to die and we're all doomed. When they talk about how the Republicans or the Democrats are going to be the end of this nation. When they talk about the Christian church and all its failings and all its weaknesses. How do we be gentle? How do we show respect? But what's the word? You have to represent hope in that situation. When Jesus was hanging on a cross, he said, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. His word was a word of hope. When he was hanging there dying, he said to the person, I'll see you in paradise today, friend. A word of hope while dying. So Jesus had hope in the midst of all sorts of persecution. We can too, and it doesn't have to be a sermon. We hear too many sermons, and we were going to hear someone who's going to give like a 10-minute sort of like explanation. It's going to be very thorough. It doesn't have to be that. It could just be a word. What's the word? What's the thought that God wants you to share with someone? We all can give one word. And even if it is just the word of Jesus, that's a good answer. But it might be more than that that the Holy Spirit gives you at that moment. All right, so we do this with gentleness. We do it with respect. Having a good conscience. How many of us write a post on Facebook and click send and then feel regret? <laughs> write an email, this response to this person, and then click send and then feel regret. How about we walk away from a conversation and immediately we think of all the cool stuff we could have said five minutes ago and just didn't think of on the spot and it's just regret. If we learn how to approach these things, how to be prepared, we walk away and we have a good conscience. Just like, I just represented God there in whatever way he led me to when it was good, and I guess it was enough because I was prepared. I had Jesus set up in my heart in that way, and I spoke a word of hope in response to this person. That's a beautiful thing, to walk away and not feel regret, to have a good conscience. Just feel at peace with how we're representing Christ in the world. That's what we want. And we don't always, myself included. So many times, you do, I don't say something in the moment then afterwards feel convicted like I really should have. That wasn't just some fleeting thought. That was like a God thought. I missed that boat. I feel badly about that. And now I have to think, do I go back now? Is this a person I know? Can I follow up later? Like, is there anything I can do now that I really feel convicted to step up the way I should have or could have. And sometimes not. Sometimes it is just a passing conversation, someone you don't see again for six months. Um, but sometimes you can. And so in that moment, do circle back with your word that God gives you. But the good conscience is what we want to have. So that 
when you are slandered, everyone who's speaking badly against your good behavior, they might be the ones put to shame. Because ultimately we have nothing to be ashamed of. We're just loving God and we're loving people. And when the world treats us differently, so be it. That's what the world's going to do, but we have a clear conscience. We know what we've done. We've loved Jesus so much in our hearts, and we've been prepared with that word of hope when the opportunities arose. So the video that we are going to listen to here, this thing's just going to fall apart one day. I'm going to stop touching it. Um, is by a man that you've probably heard online. He's um, a psychology professor from the University of Toronto, and he's kind of like this polemical figure. People love him and people hate him. He's very direct, very spoken. He's not a believer. He's not a Christian. We're not expecting this man to say all the good things that we want to be said about Jesus. But he has this way of approaching life and faith that he brings the Bible into things and will say things like, well, people believe that you're made in the image of God, so what would that look like in the world if people actually acted as the image of God? You know, he brings the Bible into the conversation and sort of like considers it as if it might have a valid viewpoint, although he's not sure for himself that he believes. Um, I've read up on him a little bit. I'm not advocating him to you as someone that you should go and study. I'm just saying he's someone who's thinking thoughts and sharing them in such a way that you're going to recognize there have been people that have had these conversations with you. And so I'd like us to approach this conversation as if he is someone we just met on the tee going into Boston. And for 10 minutes, he shares us his thoughts. And then the video ends, and it's that moment of silence. And you're like, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be a Christian right now and say the right thing. What would we respond to his statements? So, yeah, his, his speech is about... Um, being made in the image of God and acting like it. His name is Jordan Peterson. And um, after we're done, I would like to present you with, after we've talked about it a little bit, I'd like to present you with sort of like a pattern, key thoughts that you could have in your mind that might trigger the good word that you want to give. So I want to give us some sort of skill at the end of this, after we've talked our way through it, so that it might make responding to conversations like this easier in the future. So we're going to listen to the video, watch the video. We're going to respond. So be thinking. This is like what happens. We're in a conversation and this person is long-winded, right? He's going to take 10 minutes to say what he needs to say. This happens to us. By the time you get to the end of 10 minutes, don't you usually forget that great point you had from the first minute and someone's just rambling on it? Like, that's fine. This is a real-life thing. But when we do get that pause... Is there a Bible verse that comes to mind? Is there part of our own personal experience? Is there some way we can relate? How do we represent you? Is there a word? How do we stand for hope? What things do we agree with him? What things are like we disagree? How do we disagree with him with gentleness and respect? Ian and I have been talking about this panel idea we have of a few people sitting up here discussing a topic. This is kind of like us doing a panel as a church. We're going to discuss how to and figure out together how to respond to someone who is talking about spiritual matters. And uh, I think if it works right, we should be able to have a great conversation afterwards.